Why? I, I mean, again, I would understand the emotions and the hurt and the wounding and the fear and, and the trauma that you went through and all those things. Those are real. Okay. So I don't want to, I don't want to diminish any of that. Uh, feelings are feelings, and uh, you know those things have to be acknowledged and, and worked through. But if, uh, again, if we're followers of Jesus, uh, following Jesus has to trump all that. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Real Life Podcast. We are so glad that you're uh, joining us today. I am your host, Dale Satram, and I'm here with my great co-host, Katie Jones. Hello. Well, Katie, uh, how are you doing today? <laughs> I always ask you that, Katie, because I... I gotta connect. I yes. gotta. I gotta check in with you to make I sure you're okay. That. I appreciate that. Thank you for that real connection. Yeah. Well, we talk about relationships 3D. all the time yeah. here. How can we not do this and start the podcast? Because if you're not doing okay, we'll turn the whole podcast into therapy for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure people would love that. <laughs> Eyes would glaze over. Yeah, no, I'm I don't doing think so. really good. good. I am. This is my favorite kind of episode. But before I get into that, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Katie. I think last week I said uh, I'm fishing. I'm still fishing. Okay, <laughs> so I'm doing great. Anytime I get to hang out with family and friends and fish and still be in fishing. the outdoors, I'm and just picturing like a sleeping bag in the boat, the pillow. Oh my just goodness! <laughs> I uh, I'd do it if Lisa had let me. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Outdoors is great. It, I mean, it is. This it time of my year, soul. it's iffy though. But you, it is. You've told us before, you don't care. Rain. Oh, I got a rain here. Yeah, there yeah. you go. I'm a true Oregonian. So uh, yeah, rain, snow, sleet. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually out Here's there if the I can. Million dollar question: When what? you go out walking, do you use an umbrella? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Katie, how could you even suggest such uh, a thing? All right. That's yep. shameful. True Oregonian. We just had now to Now, my gauge. wife does. Yeah, okay. My wife does. I, I, I no suck it up for her. Then. I'm yeah. by myself, though. No way. No way. <laughs> all right. We, we got a little character. We got, we got character in here. Yeah, we do. <laughs> um, well, I'm pumped because we have more questions from our awesome listeners. Thank you guys for... Um, trusting pd enough to write in a question for, yep, for him. we love questions love them doesn't take it lightly um big deal and if like i said before if you're wondering it someone else is too it's kind of like um i don't know if you can relate to this but being in school and nobody else is asking questions <laughs> specifically math class and uh. you're like is everybody getting it and then you're you're gonna ask and then someone else is gonna be like oh my gosh i'm so glad you asked because right. i was wondering too but i was too scared so Way to go to these people That's who right. wrote in. So, are we going to get going? Or let's any? do it. Okay. Let's, let's jump in. We have two, what, two questions two today. Two questions. All right. Yep. Here we go. Okay. So, first question. Podcast or maybe PD question or maybe both. I grew up Catholic, so Foothills has been a breath of fresh air the last few years. I'm so grateful a friend invited me to come with her during COVID. Your church truly changed my life and the life of my family. There are some things my husband and I grew up believing, though, that sometimes resurface as a point of confusion. The Catholic Church says it's the one true church ordained by Christ. Someone from our old church asked me the other day how I could leave the only true church. I put that in quotations. Um, I was taken back, not sure how to respond. I know that Foothills and a brand new relationship with Jesus and the Bible is right for me and my family, but I'd like to know how to better answer people who rudely say things like that. I've also heard that I can't be forgiven 
for my sins without confession with a priest. I don't believe that now, but it's tricky to be able to kindly tell my old church community members that's not the case. Honestly, I feel sad for them. I know now what I was missing before, and the only regret I have is not finding foothills sooner. Thank you for all you do. Okay, boy, thank you for this question. Thank you for trusting us uh, with this question. Mm -hmm. So let me start just simply by saying this. Um, I'm not here to uh, throw stones at uh, Catholicism at all. I have some very, very dear friends that are, uh, you know, are part of the Catholic Church, and they love their church. I love them. They love me. And uh, listen, I have never tried to uh, pull people away. So this is not what we're trying to do. Okay. Right. So let me just say that. Uh, I'm not here to, to, to bash anything. So, but um, I'm just here to give some perspective. Okay. And hopefully, I don't know, some gracious ways to, to answer mm -hmm. some of the differences. And in, also, in answering some of the differences, we're, we're not trying to persuade people. That people may never like or agree with the answers that we give, and that's okay. Yep. That's okay. You, you just need to know what your answers are and uh, be fully convinced and, and uh, live your life and, and love people, okay? Yeah. I mean, uh, at the end of the day. So um, a few things about this. So you uh, did make a comment about uh, the one true church ordained by Christ. So let's let's understand a few things. The the word Catholic. Let's understand what the word Catholic means. The word Catholic means universal. It means universal church. And so uh, maybe there's even some Catholics that don't understand that. So um, we believe that what the Bible teaches is that once a person gives their life to Jesus Christ they are now part of the Catholic Church. Wait, that means universal church. It means that every believer in Jesus is part of the universal church around the globe. Wherever that location is, whatever they hang the sign out front, we are all part of the, we call it the big C, Catholic, the, the big universal church. We are called the body of Christ. Every believer on the planet is part of the same church, the body of Christ. One big universal church globally made up of billions of people, okay? So that is how we understand scripture. That is how we understand the church. That is what actually the word Catholic means, universal. Now, it's time for a little bit of a church history lesson. So what happened? So the Catholic slash universal church existed for 1,500 years-ish, okay? and there's all kinds of church history, good, bad, ugly, and there's, it's, it's all there. I'm not going to go through and explain all the church history. But in 1517, something changed. In 1517, it is called the Reformation. In 1517, again, there was only one church. And there was a monk named Martin Luther. He was a priest. And um, he began to read his Bible, because back then only the priests could give the, the Word of God to people. And he began to read the Bible himself and study the Bible himself. And he, he recognized that there was some a lot of extra rules, extra religious traditions. And he says, salvation is not based on works. It's not a process. He says, no, it is, it is salvation alone, by faith, through Jesus alone. And, and so he, it began a huge change. 
1517, Martin Luther had 95 complaints, basically. Let's call them what they are. Against the Catholic Church. So I'm just this is just history, you guys. 95 complaints. He wrote them all down on a, on a document. He went to the, Witt, the Wittenberg Church and he nailed them to the door. Okay, Martin Luther was kind of, I mean, he was kind of an aggressive guy. I like him. <laughs> and, and, and so this launched a, uh, well, this, this, this began to change everything. And, and so it, it began what is called the Protestant Reformation. And, and so this is, so if you're not Catholic, you're a Protestant. Please understand the word Protestant means protest. They protested these, these 95 things that Martin Luther brought up that he disagreed with from Scripture. Okay, that's a brief history lesson. So in 1517, there was a huge split in the universal church, and there became classifications, okay? Catholic, and now I'm going to call it small c. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and Protestant. Okay, now there's like denominations began. Really didn't, didn't exist before then, and so now you still have that branch of Catholicism, and even in Catholicism, there's different branches, by the way. But I'm not going to go into that. There's Russian Orthodox, and I mean, there's there's right. Greek Orthodox. There's I mean, there's and there's okay, tons so, of splits. Yes, um, there's Roman Catholic, and and that's where you, you have the Vatican, and okay, so but in Protestants. Oh my goodness! There's once that took off. There are so many different flavors of them. I mean, good grief! And and there's 500 years of history. And unfortunately, you know, I remind my Protestant brothers and sisters, we started protesting 500 years ago, and it seems like we haven't stopped since. Okay. Uh, and for more on that, we actually have an episode we did on that back in the beginning. Why so many church splits? I can't remember which episode it is, but it's back there. So yeah, it's back there. Yes. So anyway, why so many denominations? Denominations. Yes. Thank yes. you. So yeah, and it, it was all you know. I'm gonna blame it all on Martin Luther. Throw him <laughs> under the bus. Okay. And and. Uh, and then, and then the word of God was 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 placed in you know the printing press, and it was placed in the people's hands until they eventually could read it themselves, and that was a whole process. So, um, so so there you go. So, so so some Catholics still see the Catholic Church as the one true church. They they view it as you know the the splits that took place in 1517 never should have happened. And uh, again, we are going to disagree with that. Of course, I'm a Protestant. That that the universal church, the big C Catholic church, which means universal, is made up of every believer in Jesus, regardless of church, regardless of denomination, uh, around the globe. That is the universal church. And so you are my brother and sister in Christ, whether you're in the same country, whether you're in the same church. What unifies us is Christ. Mm. Colossians 3 says Christ is all that matters because he's in us. See, that's what I wish we could get to as the church. Christ is what matters. It's not your denomination. It's not your particular belief on this issue or that. Christ is all that matters. He died for us. He, he, is, he is our Savior. You know, my Catholic brothers and sisters agree with that. They, they, Jesus died for your sins. Yes, yes, he did. Okay, Jesus rose from the dead. Yes, he did. Salvation is through Jesus. All right? And again, I've, I've talked to a lot of them, and they say, yes, salvation is through Jesus. Great. Christ is all that matters. 
And and so if you're talking to your, your your Catholic friends, try to find unity. Try to find common ground. Try don't argue over some of the stuff. If you want to argue over church history, we're never we're never gonna get on the same page. Mm-hmm. Christ is all that matters. Yes? Yes. Yes. It, 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 you could, you know. Amen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we find far too many things to divide over mm-hmm. and and instead of trying to find the things that we can unify over. So as you're talking to people, even of different Protestant denominations and perspectives, find common ground, folks. Try to find common ground. That's please, great please, advice. please. Yeah. So now they brought up another piece of this. Yeah. Yeah. I was, just, <laughs> I was like, don't forget. Don't forget, <laughs> Pastor Dale. Okay. Can't be forgiven uh, for my sins without a confession with a priest. Yeah, and this is this is one of the things that Martin Luther would have disagreed with. So it's one of the it's, it's one of the it's one of the differences. And I know I just told you to try to find common ground. <laughs> You're not going to find common ground on this one. And and I'm just going to take you to scripture. There's there's no scriptural basis for that. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, I'm not trying to be mean or anything. But um, here, First John one nine, it, it's it's a it's a passage of scripture that uh, well, I think I was taught as a as a child. And uh, it says, but if we confess our sin to him, to God, is what it says. If we confess our sin to him, God is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all wickedness. There's no reference there to have to, I have to go through someone else. And you're not going to see that. Yes, there are, there's a passage of Scripture in Galatians 6, and even James, uh, James 5, where it talks about confessing our sin to each other. Again, it's not a priest, not a pastor. It's actually, sometimes there's, there's a healing process where we actually are transparent with our struggles with one another. There's, there's no reference in the Word of God about going through a priest. Mm-hmm. And so, is there something sinful if a person goes to a priest? Absolutely not, because sometimes there is a lot of healing that takes place through confession mm-hmm. to another person. That's, that's not a bad thing. Right. But to say that you can't be forgiven unless you go through a priest, that is not biblical. And, uh, and, and Jesus never taught that either. Jesus' disciples asked asked him one day, would you please teach me to pray? And some of you know this, and as we call it the, the Lord's Prayer. And in Matthew 5, he says, well, I want you to pray this way. So he says, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. And I'm using the New Living Translation. He says, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food that we need. Oh, and he says this, and forgive us our sins. So he's, he's teaching his disciples to go directly to God mm-hmm. for all of their needs, also for their sins being forgiven. He says, as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. There's no, there's no indication that, that Jesus ever taught his disciples there, there is anything less than direct access to the Father. Which is why, which is why the symbolism when Jesus died on the cross, the veil in the temple there there was a veil, a huge veil that weighed thousands of pounds. It was inches thick, that separated 
the 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 outer court from the inner holy of holies which only the priest could go in once a year when jesus died on the cross the veil god literally ripped the veil into the bible says the veil was ripped which which symbolizes the barrier between god and man has been removed i never hmm. knew the significance i mean i've always heard that the veil ripped i didn't ever put it together that, that no barrier between god and man sim- symbolism of that that's crazy okay so there you go so it just don't argue that point i know i told you to find common ground just sidestep this whole thing with with your catholic brothers and sisters if they really lean into this mm-hmm. you know and again mm-hmm. christ is all that matters right <laughs> stick yeah. on that one yeah so you wouldn't you wouldn't say why don't you check out first john 1 9. well you know what some <laughs> of the some of these things if you can have conversations yeah I've had some wonderful conversations with, um, I've had wonderful conversations with those that are my Protestant brothers and sisters that go to different traditions and Catholic ones, brothers and sisters. And when you can have a conversation, almost everybody admits that, okay, well, maybe we have some traditions that aren't real biblical. All right. I mean, that's okay, isn't it? I mean, I think we're all going to get our theology corrected when we get to heaven because the bible says we do see dimly mm-hmm. and the things that that the bible makes crystal clear he, here are some things the bible makes crystal clear that i think he wants it to be crystal clear for everyone that it's jesus alone he died for our sins his sacrifice on a cross is what paid the penalty for our sin my sins were nailed to the cross with jesus colossians says I was raised up with Christ because I I trusted in His forgiveness. I mean, I mean, we almost every person I talk to, we all agree on this. Let's just let's focus on what we agree on. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Christians are just we're, we're we're too prone to divide. So, anyway, there's my there's my advice on that yeah. one. I guess. Okay, should we move on to the second one? I hope that helps. Yeah. Wh- wh- whoever wrote that that question, and if you have other people that, let's stop arguing find common ground and you know what jesus is the unifier not our church traditions jesus let jesus unify us all right Right. yeah no and i hear in this question trying to figure out how to kindly and she says in here kindly tell old church community members that's not the case um so so you're saying just pick your battles and sometimes it's not even worth an argument over yeah sometimes it's not there's just some things i don't want to argue over i don't want to i'm not going to die on that hill i want to maintain a relationship so it's like how how can we all right so you're going to believe you got to go through a priest okay but uh can we find some common ground what do we both agree on Mm -hmm. let's have that conversation yeah you know one true church well does that mean do you really think that am i going to go to hell because i don't go to the catholic church do you really believe that well no okay and if they do believe that, then I, I, that's pretty tough to find common ground. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Love them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Love yeah. them anyway. Okay. Well. Um, all right. Another question. All right. Ready? Why not? Okay. <laughs> Hi. I'm loving the podcast. Thank you. Wondering if you could do an episode on finding scriptural guidance for committed relationships that have not yet evolved into marriage. Um, I've been in a long-term committed relationship in which we've not found a way to come together in marriage, though we've been working toward that for years. 
though financially it seems impossible, trying to follow God's plan for the relationship can also be so confusing to understand. I keep wondering if I'm missing something in how we listen or in how to listen to God's guidance and if anyone has experienced what I've been living through. Well, hope this isn't the one dumb question. <laughs> Thanks for all you and Pastor Dale are doing. First off, no dumb questions. No dumb questions. At all. Great so, question. Yeah, great question. Well, okay. Um, in trying to answer this question, uh, let me just say there's a, there's a lot of details in relational questions mm-hmm. that, that um, you know, we're not privy to and we're not here face-to-face. And um, so there's a lot of things about this question that we, we, we don't know or don't understand. Love, love that they trusted us enough uh, to ask this question. Let's just say that, um, come on, relationships are messy. And sometimes there's not real clear-cut answers. And I know some people out there listening to this, and, you know, you want to – sometimes we want to deal with everything very binary, very black and white. What do you mean? What's the problem? Get married. That's what God says. Okay. Well, that's not helpful. Thank you. Um, There's obviously a lot of details here that we don't understand. And they made a comment about, you know, how to make it work financially. So – there have been plenty of conversations that I've had with people over the years when it comes to uh, getting married. Usually the complexities of finances and blending lives together usually is with people that are older. Now, again, I don't know all the details here. If uh, you know these were two people and they're you know 20 years old, 22 years old, I might have a different answer for them. I'd be like... What do you mean financially you can't make it work? Good grief. You're 20-some years old. You need to make it work. You know, what are the real issues here? But I have this inclination that, that um, you know, they've been working towards it for years. Um, financially, it seems impossible trying to follow God's plan. In, re- in conversations that I've had with others where that is a similar theme, they're they're just they're older they've usually have built a life they've they they have resources and assets they might have uh kids they might have adult kids i mean it, it's it's complicated it's messy and and, and so um they're, you know no it's certainly not a dumb question it's a highly complex question and and so because i'm not sitting there in front of them and i don't have tons of details it's very difficult for me to give a lot of very clear uh guidance so what they seem is they seem stuck Mm -hmm. so that's what i'm hearing Mm -hmm. they seem stuck and so sometimes in life folks when you get stuck i get stuck trying to figure something out trying to resolve something and it sounds like you've been trying to resolve this for years so here's my my counsel is going to be this you need to go beyond yourself you, you, when I get stuck, I, uh, I'm too spun out in my head to be objective. I have to get outside counsel. You've got to go outside of yourself. And, and sometimes, uh, sometimes i got to be honest with you, we're too prideful to do it. I can figure this out. And, and so um, i got some, some, some scriptures that I'm just going to leave. I'm going to comment on, and maybe this is helpful. And if they want to write in and, you know, you may want to come and see me. That'd be even better. So anyway, <laughs> anyway Proverbs 13.10 says, Pride leads to conflict. Those who take advice are wise. Um, 
the, the book of Proverbs is all about gaining wisdom, and it talks a lot about pride, and we all struggle with pride, and we all struggle with going outside of ourselves sometimes to get advice on things we can't figure out, but, but yet God's Word tells us to do that. Pride leads to conflict. Pride leads to us not going outside of ourselves, and, and so, again, if you're stuck, it's time to get different perspective. It's time to get, you know, outside advice. Now, you did that by asking us to address this, this question on a podcast. But obviously, again, it's difficult to answer really specifically because we're not face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Um, Proverbs 15 says, Plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. Proverbs 19.20, Get all the advice and instruction you can so you will be wise the rest of your life. So um, I think there's there's two areas of advice that I would encourage um, this person to go get in, in your relationship. Um, there is relational advice. So um, if you were in front of me, I would lean in and start talking about your relationship and try to find out why you're relationally stuck. What, what's going on? What have you tried in the past? Why are you relationally stuck? You just need some outside perspective. You need some fresh eyes on the problem. And maybe uh, some, and again, can I, when you get outside counsel, you need to be very specific in the counsel. Just don't, just don't talk to your friends. You need to talk to somebody that is at a different season of life than you. You need to talk to somebody maybe that is down the road farther in some areas. Maybe they're not older by age, but they're older by experience. I mean, when we get good counsel, we got to get good counsel, okay? Just don't go talk to your buddy at the bar for crying out loud, okay? I mean, that's, that's probably not the best counsel you want. Yeah. So, so be picky. Go find people that are going to give you good, biblical, godly, wise counsel. Do they have fruit on the tree? Is it something? There you go. Yes. Fruit on the tree. I like yes. that. What does that mean, Katie? Uh, for a while in this specific case, I would probably ask people that I know have been married in uh, healthy marriages for years and years before I would go to somebody that's been. And no offense, if you have been, you know, divorced, you can also give valuable right. advice because you can tell right. people what not to do as well. Um, and you can still have a successful marriage. But seeking out people that have what you want, essentially. Yeah. So go get some some wise relational counsel. And then the second thing is you brought up the issue of finances. You can't see how to make the finances work, which, again, brings up a lot of questions in my mind because of conversations that I've had with other people in the past with similar issues. And, and so I would go and get financial counsel. Um, and, you know, somebody – and it could be a financial advisor. It could be, you know, somebody – Again, I, I don't know how connected to the Christian community you might be, but you know, I know here at Foothills, we, we have some uh, godly people that are amazing with finances. Um, and, and, that, and part of them, are, it's even their job. Sometimes they'll meet with people here at Foothills to give them perspective about finances. So you, you, just, you, you need counsel in both. There's a financial piece and there's a relational piece. And I would encourage you to do exactly what Proverbs says. Get outside yourself. Get all the advice and instruction that you can. Get some fresh eyes on your problem. And there might be a solution. Um, so I've, I've helped some people in the past navigate some of these things. We've come up with some creative options um, on how to resolve some of these issues. 
So your question isn't really brand new. Mm -hmm. It's actually some things that we've had to navigate uh, in the past here at Foothills. Every situation is unique to itself. Um, be careful anybody giving you advice like friends who want to oversimplify complex life and relational issues because they are complex. And, and, and so I can appreciate this question because it's obviously complex. Otherwise, you would have already resolved it. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you love each other. Sounds like you're committed to each other. Well, then it sounds like maybe God, God's the one who has ordained and brought the relationship together. Then it is worth the effort to figure out how to do this thing. Now, so, I'm going to take, Annette, this person obviously did not say this in the question, but I'm going to take a turn because this is what this made me think of um, because it's also very common. Are you going to ask me a question I don't want to answer? <laughs> <laughs> There's a slight possibility uh -huh. that's coming. Um, and we've talked about this a little bit before. Um, a lot of people live together. Yeah. And maybe you're right. Maybe they are. They've come from a marriage where they got um, just bone dry in the divorce. They, they've been divorced. They went through a horrible divorce. They got sucked dry financially, and they're like, you know, I'm more than happy to be in this committed relationship where I am committed. Like I am here for the long haul, but I just I, getting married again. It didn't do it didn't do good things for me that first time. Like, and I don't fully trust that it's that much different. What do you say to people that are in that boat? One, I, I mean, again, I would understand the emotions and the hurt and the wounding and the fear and and the trauma that you went through and all those things. Those are real. Okay, so I don't want to. I don't want to diminish any of that. Uh, feelings are feelings, and uh, you know those things have to be acknowledged and, and worked through. But if uh, again, if we're followers of Jesus, uh, following Jesus has to trump all that. I mean, I know it sounds. I don't, I don't want to sound critical or harsh, so please don't hear that in me. It, it's just that: Do I really trust that God way, God's way is best? Mm -hmm. And I, I think sometimes. You know, we all have to cross that threshold. We we all have uh, pain and wounding and even trauma that can give us an emotional reason to not do what God tells us to do. And then eventually we have to get to a place where I have to trust God again. And then so he says, this is the way I want you to do life. It doesn't mean I don't love you, okay? I mean, we all operate at times outside of what God's intended purposes for life and relationships and money and I mean, on and on, okay? Um, and, and nobody needs any more condemnation, so that's not what we're here to do. It's just that eventually my life is all about aligning my life. I align my life in the way that God wants me to live. It's a lifelong process. And so we have to repeatedly come back to this question. Is God's way best? Does God know best how to do relationships? Does God know best how to do marriage? Does God know best how to take care of my future? Does God know best how to protect my heart? I mean, does he? Mm. So I appreciate the journey. There have been plenty of times where, I mean, come on. I know we're made for relationships, but I've been burned. Okay? I mean, don't think that I live in some little protected palace, folks, okay? I've been burned by a lot of people, and yet, and I've ran to, you know, we talked about last week, you know, about the, these different corners of connection, and I have purposely ran to corner one, which is the corner of, of no connection, mm. ran to the corner of isolation, because I'm going to protect myself, because people have trampled on my heart, and then I go back to the Word of God, and he says, yeah, Dale, but you're made for relationships, 
So? <laughs> and then God and I, we argue, mm-hmm. and he always wins because he says, you'll die in corner one. I says, yeah, but if I go and, and I connect with, with people again, I'm going to get hurt again. Yes, you will. But I never promised you you wouldn't get hurt. But you'll also find fulfillment that you can't find anywhere else. Mm. So does God know best? So, uh, I mean, that's, that's you got to wrestle through that. What's your response? And I'm going to say this because I said this um, 10 years ago <laughs> when me and my husband lived together before we were married. Um, my argument in my mind was, well, God knows our hearts. He knows we're committed. Um, and so what difference does it make if we get this piece of paper right now or five years from now? <laughs> So I'm going to take the heat here <laughs> just so nobody feels taken out. Taken out. Yes, Katie, thank you for answering that question, asking that question. <laughs> yeah, she's Putting just, Petey on the spot yeah, I here. I don't mind. I like being on the spot. Um, the piece of paper. Marriage is in the eyes of God. Uh, governments did not create marriage. God did. Um, and so when, when people get married, you know, do you uh, have to have a piece of paper to officially say that you're married? Uh, well, no, because you're, as followers of Jesus, we're married in the eyes of God. It's not a civil union. It's a covenant relationship between two people and God. And people can say, yeah, God knows my heart. Well, of course he knows your heart. God always knows our heart. I mean, he's the one who understands our heart best. Um, But at the same time, our hearts aren't always accurate. Our hearts aren't always right. That's why the the, the Bible says the one who trusts in their own heart's a fool. I mean, it's just what it says. I mean, if somebody well, tells call you, me out. oh, follow your heart. No, don't follow your heart. Understand it. But oh my gosh, don't follow it. You know, I mean, Jeremiah 17, 9 says the heart is deceitful above all else and it's incurably wicked. I mean, man, I mean, so don't, don't follow that thing. Oh my goodness. So that being said, mm-hmm. Especially for for people that are younger, uh, mm-hmm. you know this whole piece of paper thing. You know, the Bible does say, "Obey the laws of the land, submit to those the, the governing authorities over you." Okay, oh, so there's all kinds of pieces and principles to apply to this. So that piece of paper also, just in a practical way, provides you a, a sense of, of protection. Yes, you're obeying the laws of the land that tells you to have it. I get it. But it's more than that, too. If two young people were sitting in front of me, I, I would tell them, no, you need that piece of paper because there is a, uh, there is something, there, there's an accountability. You've really legally now blended your lives together, not just before God, but you, you've legally, you've made it more difficult to separate. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that accountability is helpful. I don't need that. I, I get it. The data would disagree. All right, just gonna say, okay, mm. but the majority of people who live together get divorced. It's just there's something about the the statistics go up by cohabitating, and you can say we're gonna be different. I hope you are. I hope you are. There's just something about the data says that when you practice being married, it doesn't work mm-hmm. as well as doing it the other way. So I'm not here to condemn no. anybody, but when you get that piece of paper. 
now all of a sudden your your assets are blended now all of a sudden you know unfortunately it's usually the women who get taken advantage of in these scenarios where they don't have the piece of paper and and, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. so there's a level of, of legal protection that's provided i mean there's just there's a lot of dynamics the involved out in there is a lot less easy is what you're like it, it you're making me think this might be a horrible analogy but i was just thinking as you're talking um it's almost like let's say there was a binding contract when you sign up for a gym you have to put in this much effort and even though like at times that's gonna suck because you signed this contract you know you're gonna let's just say you're gonna lose your car and your your job or whatever if you don't follow this program if you don't stick with it um you are going to there's gonna be hard times but over time you're probably like yeah i'm in this and i'm like i am dedicated to making it work versus how many people sign up for the gym and it's easy to quit and then you go back to your ways and you gain a ton of weight you feel awful about yourself it's almost i know it's not the best analogy but i see where you're going with the the outs are too easy and the stakes are too high there's a reason we sign contracts Mm mm-hmm I see what you're saying. Okay, I mean, uh, and yeah. I'm not saying a marriage is a contract. It's, it's, it's a covenant. So don't right. don't split hairs with me here for a moment, okay? But but again, there's a reason you sign a contract when you buy a car. A reason you sign a contract yeah. when you buy a house. It's a reason you sign a contract for for big expenses. You you sign an agreement. I will. Well, and a marriage is way more life changing than more, any of those. And yet we want to just be flippant with yeah. it. You know, and and make it all about well, you know, God knows my heart, or or maybe God's not involved, but we don't need a piece of paper. No, you don't need any of that. It's not about, but but there's a seriousness of purpose with with marriage because of what it entails. You know, you start throwing in, you're building a life together. You throw in children. Right. You just created another eternal being, and and so to 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 not make a commitment in the most serious ways that you can um and i think that's why you know i i love you know the followers of jesus who get married you not only get married and sign a a legal contract with the state of oregon um but you're also doing it publicly in your faith community you know where where people are going to hold you accountable not just a piece of paper Mm -hmm. people are going to hold you accountable for your marriage covenant and your agreement in it so in a, in a good way because we right. we all need that yeah and not just holding accountable guidance too you've got people to lean on uh, yes in the hard times you're not alone encouragement yeah. strength advice wisdom again wisdom mm-hmm. yeah how do we do this and, and we're not here to call out people that are cohabitating obviously um no and and i will say too we're my specific case is not always the it's more like i'd say we got we had god's hand because we're still together you know that's not always the case and you're right statistics you know not even necessarily talking church here but just statistically you're right your your chances of long-term marriages go down the more cohabitating I think we did it. Did we do a podcast on that? Yep. Student? Yep. Yeah. It's back there in our archives. It is back yeah. there. We got the data on that one. We're dropping <laughs> yes, the numbers. Yes. So you can go back and listen to that one. We have all the numbers on the that. He loves the numbers. Yeah. But and again, we, we don't we don't do this to to. Uh, there's no judgment here. It's mm-hmm. just not. Mm-hmm. None at all. None whatsoever. We. Uh, I mean, I, I, God's intent when He gives us guidelines is that we we find fulfillment, satisfaction. Uh, Jesus said, I, "I come to give you life to the full." He's not, trying to, he's not trying to make your life miserable. He's trying to give you fullness. I mean, who doesn't want that? Right. Anyway. 
Yeah. So there you go. All right. Well, I, that's all we have for today. Okay. So it was fun. <laughs> thank you, PD, for answering those questions. And again, thank you for trusting us um, enough to send in your heartfelt questions. We so appreciate that. That just gives us life. That's what this podcast is all about. Yeah. So, just keep sending them in. Yeah. It's a project. It's a movement. So as always, if you do have a question or a thought, please send them to real life podcast at foothillsonline.com or get involved with us. Follow us on Instagram. Check out what we've got there send us a message um and that is real life foothills and we will look forward to having more conversations with you guys and um just keeping this movement going and powering all right if we will help us out out there we'll talk to you next week okay.